dialed in to Fox and Brews, you might hear something you can use. Like tips on your cash or tips on the suds. You're gonna want to use the smarts of these stuff. Cause they know the brews. And they know the box. And they know they can't help the stubborn fucks. So listen up, cause shit's not funny. And save yourself some beer money. Bucks. And brews. Bucks and brews. And brews. Bucks and brews. Welcome back to Bucks and Brews. So, it's been a week. Uh, we have not gotten last week's episode up because I was just finishing uh, some final touches on it. And we figured out that we didn't record very well uh, out of the studio, Nick. Yeah. Somebody's microphone was not turned on. So, for anybody that listens to the Black Calder Brewing episode that will be getting uploaded tomorrow morning, um, yeah. And you have to just hear Nick because he's got a booming voice. Um, no, it's uh, it's a, it's funny because we did a test beforehand, right? And, yeah, and everything looked great. You know, and maybe it's just catching up on the other side. I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll figure this stuff out. I mean, we get better every week, don't we? We hope. I, I've gotten a lot of feedback, people, and they're like, you know, you guys are really taking on topical issues. Yeah, I really enjoy what you guys are doing, and I'm like, that's great. That's that's what we want to hear. Yeah. So, I mean, we're getting rave reviews there. We, you know, I'll, I'll plug everything. So, you know, we do have a Discord channel. Go join our Discord. Uh, we'd love to have some conversations there. Uh, we do have a Patreon. If you'd like to support us, we'll give you a shout out in show notes. We'll give you a shout out on air too. Yeah. That costs three bucks. So for the whole month, we'll talk about you and how great you are. I do want to give this shout out because I got bitched at today. Isn't that every day? Uh, well, this one was a different bitch. Oh, okay. So our friends. MLVC oh. put out a new album. Yeah. And Slide Bass Bobby told me we have not talked about it on air, which I'm pretty sure we have, but I can't guarantee that. Well, we I believe it was to... discussed the week before their album release party. Right. Before the party, because so we talked about why we were going and right. I wanted to go to the party. And... Oh, and he said you're a dick because you didn't come. My bad. Um, and uh, I just wanted to, to announce again Slide Bass Bobby and, uh, DJ Guid, yeah, MLVC. They have a new album out. I believe it's called Dog Years or Dog House or yeah. Sit on the Dog or something, something stupid. Um, <laughs> I say it's something stupid because people go, "Hey, slide bass, Bobby. What does that mean?" And he goes, "Nothing. It literally means nothing." So, um, no, I'd say right. And like the symbols on the uh, four untitled Pets Up one album. Means nothing, but we do support them greatly because they made a kick-ass song for us. Yeah, and we do love our theme song, Bucks and Bruce. Right. I mean, I, I gotta learn it more because I just, you know, I sing parts of it. Right. Oh, I can sing the whole fucking thing because really I hear it every week. Because I'm working on editing yeah. the episode. Well, not editing, but uploading the episode. Yeah. We do no editing here. We're not that professional. Oh, God. So we we've hit those things. Um, I don't know what we're talking about next week, but in two weeks. We're going to be not live on Twitch again because we're going to be on my new brand new port. Yep. And we're going to drink some beers with our friend Mikey and we're going to probably grill him on and his lack of financial awareness. Not me. <clears throat> no, not not Mike, not the eye candy. The uh, yeah, the one well, he may challenge me money. for eye candy if he was on camera. He probably would challenge us all. He, he, he is the pretty one. I mean, he did want to be the pretty princess, uh, New Year's 2000. So, 
Um, Nick. What's going on? What are you drinking tonight? Man, I am drinking a few things. So I have three times banana watch. Um, <coughs> yeah, it kind of tastes uh, exactly like a strawberry banana shake um, or smoothie, I guess is what I would call it. And uh, sorry, I cut out my headphones. I did too. But it's uh, Arvon Brewing here in Grand Rapids. I didn't know it was a thing. Forgive us for that. Um, yeah, I've never heard of that. It's funny because uh, we had an artist on our our good friend Jack Razor. Yeah, and so and this place gives a shout out to artwork by RC Raw Lay Art, and I'm like, that's kind of funny that they give a shout. Maybe, out. maybe you, need. you need to when you tag them, you know, maybe they'll become a new sponsor, and then you can tell them they should put some of the Jack Razor art on their. Uh, totally should. And their, then I have. Uh, Brewery Ami Gang Dream Patch. Uh, it's a fruited sour with cherries, blueberries, and raspberries. Um, That's how yummy. Yeah. I think he said sounds yummy. yummy. Yeah. And then from Austin Brothers, uh, I have Jelly Jar. That sounds awesome. Yeah, which is a sour ale with blackberry, passion fruit, raspberry, pineapple, and blueberry. Um, that sounds good too. They're out of Alpena, Michigan. Honestly, all um, three of these sound great. Austin Brothers is actually, I, I really enjoy Austin Brothers. Um, they have a couple other things I was going to grab, and I was like, eh, I'm kind of going to mix it up, because I've, I've had some Austin Brothers stuff. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of excited. Let me see here. Um, because I haven't, I don't know where this is from. Um, oh, gosh, it must be a big name. Imported packages, Coopersville, New York, Kansas City, Missouri, and utica new york so oh they must be like a big company um yeah so we'll figure all that out what about you dave so i will get to what i'm drinking in just a second so we had black elder brewing on last week terry who is the founder co-founder i went running all over calling all over looking for bougie Mm -hmm. nobody's fucking got it horrocks only had just another day ipl uh gone called gr noir same uh she called mega bev same yep. i'm gonna have her try rishi's and then i guess if i can't find it i'm gonna buy a four pack of the just another day for the porch episode so that everybody can try it. i mean you and i have but yep. mike and mike can try it and then we'll have to figure out what else we want i know mike's gonna talk about his in a minute here we might want a four pack of that as well yep. uh well so we'll get to him in just a quick second here so myself, I'm starting off with a Perrin Dream Seeker Raspberry Blonde. A fruit beer full of intense raspberry aroma and a flavor with a dry, crisp finish, balanced by sweet, refreshing tartness. Very good. When I'm done with that, I'm going to work because I do like work brewing. Yeah. It's, it's becoming fall here in Michigan, Nick. I know. Which sucks ass. But that does mean oh. heavier beers. Yep. Oh. Fall, yay. Yeah, exactly. Um, my favorite season. It's my favorite season, too, but it's followed by fucking winter. So I'm having a, from Rourke, French Toast, Neville Dog Oatmeal Stout, which I love. Yeah. Great beer. Uh, when I'm done with that, I'm going to go to Blake's with the Caramel Apple. And then I also have a Black Butte non-alcoholic from Butte's Brewery. Uh, Mike, what are you drinking? I already know, and I'm so excited. Oh. I'm starting with, it's by Evil Genius, 
which is out of um, Pennsylvania. And it's trick or treat, and it's advertised as a chocolate pumpkin porter. Ooh, got a couple really of good. those I'm going to drink, and then I'm going to wrap up with my last of my Latitude 42, which is a brewery out of the Kalamazoo Portage area um, called Victor of the Goddess, which blood orange, passion fruit, honey wheat ale. It's okay, but it's not great. I thought it would be better than it was, but I sometimes get let down by Latitude 42, so I think that's probably what it boils down to. So have you tasted the chocolate pumpkin? I was just about to open it and give it a try. Please let us know what that tastes it, like. because I wanted to put it in my pride cozy. You sent me a picture of that. And I started talking at the business the other day about how yummy it looked. And one of the customers looked at me like I had three heads because they hate pumpkin. Mm, you hate pumpkin. I don't know. I get like hating pumpkin. The pumpkin is a very subtle flavor, but it is definitely, it's, it's a good, good porter. I mean, I would put it amongst the top like five porters I've had. But it's a it's a respectable porter. Like I said, it's got the the pumpkin. If we could find this, I would say we drink some of it on the porch episode. I I do like that idea because you know I love drinking on the porch. I'll make sure we have some ice and we can drink out of R two D two. Yes, it means we never have to move from our seats on the porch. It'll come to me. Nick bought That's a new chair. It's, my wife bought me a new chair. You like yeah. it? Yeah, I do. Uh. I sit in my my living room at times now because I'm just like, it's yeah, comfy. It's a nice chair, so yeah, it's not bad. So it's got a little side table to make sure I have my beers in there. Nice. And I'm excited about it. So tonight, I had sent you something this morning, and I figured we would discuss this tonight since our guest never got back to us. Yeah. For a couple weeks now. Yeah, he's always out of out of the country. It seems that way. We'll get him at some point. Yeah. But I had sent you a thing on millennials and homeownership. Yep. And I believe the uh, headline was a quarter of millennials view themselves as renters forever and then will never buy a house. Yeah. So I figured that was a nice subject to tackle because we love talking about homeownership here. And millennials get railed on quite a bit. And I think that's, you know, unjustified in a lot of ways. Um and I mean, you know, Nick, you are a millennial that's a homeowner. My daughter's a millennial that's a homeowner. Jessica, who's very near and dear to me, is a millennial that's a homeowner. Mm-hmm. Even my coworker, Christy. So I know four millennials off the top of my head that are homeowners. So, I mean, it doesn't necessarily track for me, but I understand the issues. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I granted, I understand the issues because I ripped. Hey, so. and probably a lot of millennials. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, right? Um, and as I say, you know, you're you're right. It says in the headline, one in four millennials say that they're forever renters. Granted, this is an older stat, right? Um, nearly 42% of millennials listed flexibility as a reason why they're renting instead of buying a home in 2022. Um, people are willing to go where the job is people are willing to move on a constant basis um well that's a great point nick so i i got a, a i'm not gonna say job off it wasn't a job off but it was the i had hunter reach out to me and say hey you should apply for this position it's it's really a more it's not an internship but it's kind of like a program review we'll <laughs> say it's a 24 month rotating cycle 
in finance for this company. And you spend a week in Germany, which is kind of neat. Sure. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of travel with this company. If you want it, you don't have to have it. You can't. And they'll pay for it. I'm sitting here, you know, reading about it and, you know, talking to the, the person a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, I'm at the age where I don't really want to do that. <laughs> but I mean, if I was a 25 year old and I didn't have a family, I might jump at. You know, I, I was looking at some, some things and, um, you know, a job came up and it said, Hey, 75% travel, right. And we'll pay you to stay. You have to do this. And, it's like, wow, that's, you know, like I have a six-year-old, I can't, or seven-year-old, I can't just leave. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and that, again, millennials are at the point where they're not having as many kids. And so, you know, they're, 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 I don't know, selfish in a sense, right? But like, for a reason that they want to be. I mean, um, you know, you see, you see a lot of, oh, I missed opportunities. I'll go, you know, and we are, we're, I mean, I'm a millennial, right? Mm -hmm. I want to go travel the world. I want to go travel the world. Well, these people are taking it for real because, right, it's YOLO with a big hit. <laughs> so just go, just go have fun. Well, and they really do want to experience things because they, they're the biggest events in their life were 9 11 mm -hmm. and the Great Recession. Yeah. And those things kind of define that generation. And when you look at it, they don't get to do the traveling. A lot of these millennials were raised by boomers right and i rail on the boomers a lot but boomers had the ability to go and do things yeah. you know they they had much more wealth to build up by the time they were 30 than what most millennials will see in their lifetime so they took vacations and you know they felt they had a career and a good job and a stable future and those are things that when you ask most millennials right now they're they aren't so sure they have any of those things Right. You know, they might have one of them, but they don't have many of them. You know, my coworker, Christy, is a great example. Her and I were talking today, and she goes, you know, my husband and I, we both have good jobs. They pay good money. We still look paycheck to paycheck because we have to pay for life. Well, it's, it's tough, you know. I was thinking about that today for myself personally, and I'm just sitting here going, man, you know, because I'm, I'm looking at maybe losing some income and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I can't, you know how long it's been since I've, like, had to budget that aspect of things yeah. and like i don't know to go back and not be able to do what the hell i want when i want it's gonna be a little different for me it's not easy right you know um <clears throat> but i think you know i mean you just gotta sit and talk to people that have been through it and how they do it and stuff like that so um you know i you know as as a landlord right some of the biggest things is you know, the the entitlement aspect comes right but that's because there's so much um feedback from or you know i, I wouldn't call it feedback but there's landlords from back in the day right they remember just being shitty and uh you know so now now they're they're wanting to get into a rental so that way somebody else has to take care of it right and you have to take care of it as quick as possible you know i mean um Millennials to me are some of the toughest <clears throat> people to rent to mm -hmm. because their expectations are just, uh, you know, and 
um, what, what they want, how they want it as quick as possible. What do you so, think? What do you think is the reason for that? For those high expectations? Well, I think like again, growing up, like you know, they they're used to not having it, and then you know, <clears throat> we're we're of a we're of a culture where we we go out and we learn, educate, right, and hey, we have our rights, we want our rights, and so you have the right to, you know, withhold rent if this happens. And, you know, you have, and, and so these people think that they're playing these these things, but don't understand that they're part of the problem, right? And they think that we as landlords are the ones just making millions of dollars. So, um, you know, I don't know. I, I would assume from back then, right? There wasn't, say there wasn't inspections and people got away with things. Um, you know, I, I don't, I mean, there is slumlords out there, don't get me wrong, but I don't think there's as many because the cities come in and they do their inspections and force people to do shit. Um, it's definitely not like it was in the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. Right. right. You know, um, <clears throat> things change in it. You know, and it sucks, right? Because the way I, and, and it's, to me, it's really messed up because I find that the, they punish the ones that actually try mm -hmm. a hell of a lot harder than they, you know, like if you just avoid it, it's whatever right like if you, but you know if you go and hey you have to do this you have to do this and then you get fined and you get this just such a pain in the ass man like i don't know well you know and you just said something so like when i was poor yeah i used to get pissed off because if i was a drug addict there were programs yeah but just being poor in and of itself didn't qualify you for anything you were just fucked and that used to really piss me off I'm like, so if I went and got hooked on crack, you'd help me. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. If I was homeless, you'd help. Me. Yeah. But you won't help me keep a roof over my head while I have one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, unless you have something else going on, like, you know, you're a drug addict or you're homeless, then we're not doing shit for you. Well, that's, you know, there's, there's still companies out there like that, mm -hmm. which pisses me off. Because, right, so, you know, landlord, a different breed right like in the sense of i want to make sure that people are set for one mistake shouldn't ruin your life but it always does right true um i hate the words you know i hate the words when people say oh you know it's in the past no like your past fucking follow i don't give a shit who you are it does i'm a different person now fuck up <laughs> like you know what um you know i i so there's a there's a couple companies out there where they won't step in to help you until after you've been served the eviction, right? Until or or like until like by the time they help, the eviction's already through. Mm -hmm. Now you have an eviction on your record. Like you know, how hard it is to rent. Like you guys talk about cheap housing and stuff like that. Now figure out how the fuck you're gonna rent when you have an eviction on your record. Like because nobody wants to rent to you. God, right? guarantees you don't pay i mean it's like getting car insurance when you have a dui hey probably worse say you know i mean i don't know i can tell you at least one insurance agency that will give you <laughs> say you know i don't know well there are definitely landlords out there that will give you two of course but i mean it's the same thing when you look at bankruptcy there there's the car dealerships in grand rapids if you drive up and down division you know well even on 28th i mean yeah all of them you know, they will definitely give you a car, even if you can't afford it or pay for it. Yeah. But it's going to be at like 200 bucks a week and 25% interest. Yep. And, you know, because I think we talked about that. My brother, when yeah. he was going to go get like a 97 porridge, which I just, here's the fucked up part, right? 
I just bought a 97 Corex, like the flip, right? And I paid $1,500 for this fucking car. And I think he goes and looks at like a 97 or a 98, whatever the hell it was. Might have been a year newer, same parts. And uh, they're like, all right, 25% interest. It's got 160,000 miles on it. And we'll sell it to you for like 12,000 bucks. I was like, shut the fuck up. Like, I was like, you no, know, like get in the car. We're going to go to a different place. Like, I was like, worst case scenario, I sell you mine on payments. Fucking five grand, you know, like, um, I just, but that like literally was that. That's what and they do. This wasn't back in like 97, brand new. This was, I mean, I was out of high school. I mean, this is at least a 12 to 14 year old car at the time, right? Like, it old, man. Um, it just, it's absolutely insane. Go ahead, Mike. Okay. Like what you end up saying, you know, you like, you said you have a bankruptcy, you've got people who will, you know, still sell you cars. You have a DUI or a couple DUIs. You've got people who will still insure you for a car. But again, you pay up the asset to the left or whatever. But I think it boils down to it's the same thing that happens with like predatory the payday loans and everything like that. Yeah, that's exactly. They realize it. that these people need money, so it's like, or a car, or insurance, or a place to live, and they're basically like, because you need this, we can screw you over. As somebody that's gone through bankruptcy many years ago, it floored me how many credit card or loan offers I got six months post. Uh, uh, dismissal of my my bankruptcy. I remember the legal term for it, but it, it shocked me because I didn't realize how predatory at that point banks and loan companies were because all they know is you can't file for seven more years. Let's give you some credit. You're not going to be able to get rid of it. Well, yeah, I mean, um, it's the same way after I had to short sell my house. I mean, I still had a bunch of credit on and it did. I mean, it's probably, it's better than bankruptcy, but it still was, you know, a big hit on my credit report. And again, it was the same thing. They saw this opportunity to, uh, give somebody things that they figure they could make a lot of money on in the long run. Absolutely. Well, I don't know. You, you have credit cards. Yeah. I mean, how many, how many credit card offers do you get in a week? One to two. And I would probably say I get like one I, to two. I get one to two a week probably. Like, I mean, I, I, are, are you saying in the mail or overall? Yeah, in the mail. Because I get an email too. What do you really? Yeah, so I'd say one to two. I would never notice. I'd probably say two to three a month mailed. And then another two to three a month email. Well, like I know when I was younger, man, they were coming like fucking hotcakes. And I get the same. And what I find interesting is it's the banks that I already have like a credit card with Mm -hmm. are like, get another one, you know, change from, you know, capital. And I mean, sometimes it's things like, yeah, change from capital one, you know, regular rewards to like a venture or whatever. But sometimes it's just, again, like, you know, Chase wants me to sign up for something, you know, else or. Yeah. Well, I, I want to hear how Nick hates this beer or doesn't like it. Yeah. No, it wasn't very sour. No, it says bright cherries, 
tart raspberries and sweet blueberries. I wasn't a huge fan. I'm not. Like, um, as weird as it sounds, it kind of is dead to me. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I'm getting metallic flavor, right? I don't to say that. But like, Tastes dead. Well, like, you know, it doesn't have, like, carbonation could be off in, the, yeah. in a sense of things. Um, like, I... Is that one of... That's the dream patch? Yeah, from... Is that the one that has a few other that has the few locations or whatever? Yeah, yep, it is. And then, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe like you said, it's uh, like more of a macro brew type thing. You know, I don't know. I'm not like I normally have a really good palate. I mean, I don't know if I'm getting like what I'm called old blueberries, right? <laughs> like I'm not, you know, because I granted we are spoiled here in Michigan like, bit. with our cherries and our blueberries. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Raspberries, strawberries. Yeah, so we're a berry area. Um, it's, just, it's very kind of disappointing. Um, black flavor. I'm getting some information on it. Oh. It says its country of origin is a Belgium. Is Belgium? Yep. Okay. Um, it does call it a sour, a sour ale. I mean, and ales are going to be a little less yeah. sour than others. Well, I just uh, was not a, I say I'll drink it, but I'm not. I'm not gonna rush out and buy a second. So I gotta, I gotta do a callback here because Mike, you were saying something, and I told, I had a thought, and I totally lost it because I don't remember what you were saying. What were you saying a second ago? Or do you not talking about? What were you talking what about? What were you talking about? Obviously, nobody knows. Uh, I sorry. hope it was good. No, we were talking about credit cards. Oh, and, credit cards. So, um, yeah. That's oh, yeah. Where I was go. So, it's a lot of the same. Yeah, banks and stuff. That. When it comes to credit cards, I can tell you exactly what I have. Mm-hmm. I have one Bank of America. I have two Chase. I have three Capital One. And one Wells Fargo. Hi. And I rotate them. Yeah. I have one Chase. Two capital ones now at this point. One Bank of America. Or not two capital ones. Two uh, no, capital ones, sorry. Uh, one Bank of America. I don't know what Discover is considered. So I got one. Discover. Okay. And then I got one through my credit union, which I never used because it was not worth it. It doesn't yeah. give me any rewards points. Right. So it just sits there with, you know, Ten or twelve thousand dollars, basically ready to in case I have to make some major purchase that I'm not ready for. No, uh, say, be careful though. The cards expire. They do. Did I ever tell you? Yeah, guys they, they also they sent me. They do close. Yep. Did I, did I ever tell you that story? I don't think so. Well, that oh. one I could see. That one I could see closing on me because I don't use it. I mean, if it expires, I'll just send me a new card. Yeah. Uh, well, they will if it goes to the right address. Life is good, but I was. Did it go to the Granville house? God, I was living at Granville, so I have no fucking clue. What I probably went to one of the duplexes. Left. Oh, it might have gone, but so here I am, right? And uh, then whoever you were renting to is like, fuck that guy. I have a couple of years into. I... Yeah, how was it? I... I've done that with mail I get from people who lived here before. I just throw it in my. That's actually what I throw in my recycling because I figure if they get there, you know. Um, no, you know, credit hacked or whatever. It, it it's just get off my back. Well, let's see. 
naive Nick that had no idea how to <clears throat> do banking. Yes. I mean, here I am. I'm old, 22 years old. Who knows? I just gotten done asking my bank. I said, "Hey, is there a limit on what I can take out of the car, out of the ATM?" No, you'll be fine. Okay, because I'm gonna do a big project. So you went to take out like eight hundred dollars more than you're allowed. No, I, I tried to take out twenty thousand. <laughs> right. And uh, it said, "Go here, fuck yourself." Here it is a Sunday, and uh, my my contractor's trying to do siding and stuff uh-huh. like that, and I'm trying to pay for shit. And you um, can't. And so I like I try and it says act you know transaction denied. Another one transaction denied. You know I I, I go lower right. Finally I call the fucking bank. And I said look, like I got to go pay for this. Um, what can I do? And they're like, or I was like you know I was told I can take all this cash out. And they're like, now you're maxed out at like a thousand bucks a day. Yep. I was like. I mean, nowhere near right. You need 20 days. Right. And so I go, I go into the, uh, I was like, fuck it. I got a credit card I haven't used in probably five, six years at this time. Right. Yeah. Like I, I had a $40,000 limit. Like I knew that. Cause like it just kept going up. I'd get it like, I'd get like in the paper and then, you know, in the mail, which yeah. is when I got my mail. Yeah. God, so it might've gone to my mom's house. Cause I, like it was from when I was younger. So. I really think it was my mom's house because I was looking at my grandma's house. Um, so right, and my my lender told me, "Hey, like you have to stop it at some point, so that way your debt to income doesn't get out of whack." Yeah. This was, I found out later, right? Um, but I go to the I go to the thing, I go to Lowe's, and I'm trying to pay for this shit, and uh, card declined. Card declined. Like, ma'am, not trying to sound like every other arrogant asshole. Okay. Uh, my transfer won't work on my bank account to transfer this money over to use my debit card, which I now learned, even if I tried to do that, you're only allowed like yeah. five grand a fucking day on yeah. cards. Yeah. Swipe. Okay. I didn't know any of yeah, this. Yeah, there's a limit. Yeah, I no fucking. So decline, declined. And then um You're like, ma'am, I've never used this card in my life. Right. I was like, look, you know, there's, there's I have a forty thousand dollar limit. I'm not trying to be an airy guy. You should be able to swipe this. I never used this card. I was like, maybe to clean a fucking windshield once. Um, he like rolls her eyes. Look, and she's like, you never, she goes, you used it. Like, I was like, I called it, set it up. And she's like, okay. Like, looks at it. And these are fake numbers, right? Like, here it is, 20, you know, 2009. And, and she's it expired like, in 2003. Yeah, and she's like, well, this card expired three years ago. So, yeah, I believe you haven't used it. And I was like, so? She's like, well, you got to call your bank and get a new card. And both. So I called the bank and I was like, hey, I need a new fucking card. And I need it like right now. And they're like, all right, we're going to send it to you. And I was like, cool. Same numbers? They're like, yep, same numbers. I was like, all right, what's the expiration date? Oh, well, we can't tell we you We can't that. give you that fucking information. Are you fucking serious right now? Like, I'm just, I'm losing my shit, right? And you have to wait to get your card so you can have it. This might be one of my favorite next stories ever. <laughs> and dude, I'm just here. So I'm losing my shit. Uh, very, very annoying. And I was like, I don't know anybody at this time in my life that has twenty thousand dollars just just laying around openly available. Uh, so I call my grandparents. I'm like, you know, if anybody has it, they, they do. They might have some money. So I was like, hey, you guys have twenty k. <laughs> Um, my grandma's just like, yeah, we have a credit card. 
um, we could put it on there. And I was like, I will pay you tomorrow. Bank opens at 9 a.m. They're going to have my foot in their ass, right? For lying to you, but yes. you can take out as much as I want, want right? Uh, so <laughs> my grandpa comes and meets me, right? Swipes this card for a shit ton of money. And I go to the bank and I get, you know, nearly $20,000 in cash. And they're like, oh, you have to order it however, however many days and blah, blah, blah. There's probably time I have to order money. And I was like, the fuck, fuck I do? I was like, you fucking, I was like, I specifically asked before the weekend, and I did, and you specifically said, yeah, you'll be fine. Well, we've never seen any transaction over like six bucks in your account. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Like, so they, they filled this bag full of cash, right? Yes. And I go to my grandma, you know. Did you do I the am. like, did you do like the uh, handcuffs on the briefcase type thing? No, it's a, that kind of money is only like that thick. Just in a plastic bag. So I go to my grandma, I'm like, look, I don't give a fuck what you do with the money. I don't care. All you need to know is you're officially paid back. My grandma goes, huh. Well, I mean, we are interest-free for a while, and we might just go do that. She goes, I was like, this give you, like, a fucking free cash advance? And she goes, you did. yeah, kind of. Speaking speaking of stupidities of banks. Yeah, that was, that's, that was me. Yeah. Yeah, but so I, I went into Lake Michigan. Yep. To close my account. Okay. For, and you can have up to 15000 in Lake Michigan. Yeah. I think I had like twelve, thirteen thousand, 13000 whatever. Sure. Why are you closing it? And they go, well, we really appreciate notice when you want money of this amount. And I went, my money. Give me my fucking money. Yeah. They went, well. They don't want to give you cash. Just write a freaking check to you. Oh, they didn't want to do that either. They just want to give me it? shit over the fact that I was taking out a huge lump sum. Motherfuckers, they knew you were basically. You knew they were basically. They knew you were closing your account. Kind of like quitting the gym on friends. They they said the really sexy lady to come talk to you. We say when we bought our place at Sandy Pines a while back. Yeah, I asked the guy. I was like, "Hey, do you want a cashier's check, personal check, cert? You know, like certified or whatever? Want cash?" And he's like, "Cash." Like I want this to be. I mean, right? He wanted. 30 some thousand and yeah. I fucking got this thing for half price let's mm-hmm. be honest so again I go back to the bank and I get all hundreds of cash and it's a Saturday and they're like well we can't give you that money I was like the fuck yes you fucking can well you can set a vault and set a timer and I was like sounds like you know how to do it let's go ahead and fucking do it uh and my bank like they know I'm an asshole but they also understand like the Again, you're not going to fuck me out of. Okay, let's say the how, the place is worth thirty thousand. Yeah. I ended up selling it later. I picked it up for like fifteen, whatever it would be. You're not going to make me miss out on a fucking fifteen thousand dollar deal, right? Because you can't get me the cash when I want it, right? Like, and so you know, well, you know, you'll find well a bank that can get you fifteen thousand dollars cash when you're ready for it. Think for you, know, you as well it's as like I if do. you're doing, if you're doing so many loans and stuff like that, they're already making money off of you because you've got yeah you know mortgages and stuff with them doing no 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 business with them in theory all i have is just a fuck ton of cash that with them you know as well as i do three out of every four people mm-hmm. are not you right they're sitting there yeah. going oh you can't give me that money that's okay i guess i'll wait you know three days to get that money yeah. whereas you or i go in there and they go i'm sorry i can't give you that money we're like the fuck you can't i can take out every goddamn dime i have right fucking now and I can close my shit right fucking now. Or you can do what I told you to do. That's a, you know, I don't know. And, and that's the thing. Like Most people treat a bank as 
if they work for the bank. Yeah, the bank works for me. That's a factual statement. Like once you change that mindset in yep. life, you're going to be so much more successful in the banking. Here's the question. That's why, okay. I, that's why I like having a credit union because at least then I feel like I'm part owned. Well, and even with the bank. So Nick, here's my question to you. Yep. You take 10 grand, yep. put it into bank A. What does Bank A do with your 10 grand? Loan it to you or Mike. And so they can buy shit, right? Yeah. So they're making money on your 10K. Yeah. Most banks, what are they giving you in interest? Oh, 0.001. Right. Nothing. Yeah. So they're making money off of the money you gave them. Mm -hmm. So if you walk in there tomorrow and say, hey, you have my $10,000, give it to me. What right did they have to say no? Yeah, saying they have less money to lend out, right? I mean, yeah, that's their problem, not yeah. ours. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of why there have been recessions and depressions. Because people have basically been like, give me my fucking money, and they don't have fucking money. Right. Yeah, even with the depression, I mean, the issue was, you know, everybody was panicking. Yeah. With good reason. That they weren't going to get their money, so they were selling it for pennies on the dollar, which was stupid. You know, I'm so it's a wonderful life, it's one of my favorite Christmas movies. This just isn't good. I'd have been the motherfucker. I'm so sorry you hate it. I'd have been the motherfucker that sat there and said, No, I'm not selling my shit for any less than what it's worth, right? It's worth this, that's what I want. Well, you know, and and I am that guy that goes in and says I'm going to buy it because you're willing to sell it for cheap, right? Right. I have the ability to. That's where, but even that shows you basically how the entire system works. He basically, Jimmy Stewart basically comes right out and says, "Yes, you have five thousand dollars. That five thousand dollars right now is in this guy's farm and this guy's store, and you know it's all of that." you know, yeah, they get to change a part of like, no, we won't, you know, take our money away at this point because, of course, it's a Christmas story. And unfortunately, in reality, that would probably never happen. So now we have absolutely taken a left turn. 100%. As we were talking about millennials. Can I ask that question I wanted to ask about millennials and homeowners? Ask it. Oh, you, you say one out of every four said they will never be a homeowner. Correct. What is the percentage of like Gen Xers that are currently homeowners? I would have to look that up. Because I know we have at least one that we know very well that will probably never own a home. Oh, absolutely we do. Um, but I mean, I know, I know a lot of people who own homes, but again, I, is it because of you know, what we do it for a living and stuff like 64. that. 64% of Gen Xers, 68% of baby boomers, 73% of... Where are you getting those numbers from? Owned homes, according to... Uh, it's just quick Google search. So I'm on uh, Forbes right now. Because yep. I like that. 65 Forbes million. Is- Go ahead, Mike. I said Forbes is a good, reputable site for financial type information. It is. So basically, it looks like Gen X home ownership is at 69%. About what Nick said. Uh, Baby boomers at 77.8, and the silent generation at 77.8. 
Oh, both are seventy-seven point eight. But really, sixty-nine so percent of Gen Xers. So even if one out of every four millennials decide not to own a home, their percentage is still higher than the current Gen X number. Well, I mean, that, that's just the percentage that's saying they never will own one. Right. right. You know, yeah. Um, so I don't. I don't think seventy-five actually. Seventy-five. But, but at this will. point, yeah. But at this point. If you're a Gen Xer, you're old enough where you're either have the money to buy a home or you're probably never going to have have the money to buy a home. Now, that would be true. So I, I can tell At you least that with millennials, they still have time. Well, and because I love numbers, I pulled numbers. So uh, of millennials, 48.6% do own homes. 22% say they'll never own. And then we get into reasons why, which is something I love. I want to know why people decide to do the things they do. So do we have any ideas here before I go into official reasons? So either one of you, give me give me a reason you think millennials are not buying homes. They can't afford it. Definitely cannot afford is one of those. Mike, you got any? I mean, I think. You mentioned one at the beginning. It's it's flexibility. It's being able to relocate at any time without issue. You know they don't totally want, agree. They don't want the hassle. So I got I got some here, and I want some thoughts. So one of them is the Great Recession, which obviously makes sense. So, okay. what, like, what about it makes sense? When well, they, millennials, they would, have, they would have gotten to the age of home ownership right around the time of that. Great recessions. Correct. 2008, 2009. And what they saw was houses losing their value. Mm -hmm. And they didn't have the money to buy a house at that point. So they, they kind of, not to jump on this, but let's jump on this. So I, I pulled up some, some numbers because I love numbers. Um, in 2010, millennials' average debt was over $80,000. This is, year to two post recession right i mean i i don't know like i guess 08 was the yeah, start. i didn't know that money 08 was the start but 09 it was fully in the recession and 10 i guess you 10 was kind of starting to come out maybe i mean I, yeah. that's when i bought my first place right right i mean yeah I well, that's what place. a lot of the things that like obama put into place have started kind of kicking things right. out like that's when you really saw the auto like industry recover with cash for collectors and stuff like that mm -hmm. was so, 80,000 in debt average for millennials in 2010. Yeah, which is crazy. I mean, again, my first house was less than 60. So my and, and again, as myself, you, I'm 60k. You hate this shit, but yeah. you weren't the average millennial. Correct. You know, they're talking about you. And then the person that had one hundred and fifty thousand in school we'll debt. And I guess, I guess honestly, I might have been. I might have been. Well, that's the interesting part. It's like college. other than kind of what I owed, you know, my parents from you know, kind of a you know a zero percent student loan debt. I mean, I've never bet eighty thousand dollars. Am I too loud? Or is it Nick's headache? I don't know. Nick pulled his headphones yeah. off. I'm not sure why. Oh, yeah, sorry. He has a headache, but you're not too loud. No, you're fine. Okay. Sorry. It's just, but it's, it's I mean, 80,000. I don't think I've ever been like $80,000 in that ever. 
I was not 80,000 in debt when I filed bankruptcy. Yeah. I was not. How much? He's a 60. Okay. I, um, but I own nothing. I was 21 when I was 160K in debt. I was 23 when I hit my first million. So we're talking 21 would have been. Oh, seven, oh, eight. Yeah. No, oh, nine. Oh, nine. Ten, I hit my first one. Yep. And then so 20, yeah, 20 to 22. So, so back to that 2010 number, mm-hmm. 80,000. Yes. Owning a house, I probably, but again, I, because I have a job and savings, I don't consider the fact that I could never like not pay my house payment for whatever period of time I might not be employed if I were happen, if I happen to lose my job. Well, and when we look at income in 2010, Average income was fifty thousand. Average income was fifty k. With a debt overall of millennials. Wow. Average income was about fifty thousand. Wow. With eighty over eighty thousand in debt. Fast forward to fifty thousand. Fast forward to twenty nineteen. Yeah. Fast forward to twenty nineteen, which is nine years, not ten. Hmm. They brought that debt down to just over 60,000. Wait. Wait, so 20K, okay. So they brought it down to just over 60,000. So basically 20,000. I'm guessing income has not gone up by $20,000. Income was less than 60. Okay. So income hasn't even gone up. It hasn't even gone up 10 grand. And and mind you, I think that's great. They they cut their debt $20,000-ish. Yep. By only making less than 10,000 more, which again, when you're looking at it, if you're looking at it from a, a financial standpoint, you're like, man, I'm not making that much more than I used to, but I'm still this far in debt. Because nobody's looking at it going, man, I'm making less than 10 grand more than I was nine years ago. And I paid off almost 20,000 in debt. Nobody's looking at it that way. They're looking at the fact that they're salary's barely gone up and their debt has not come down enough well, it's like, all right, we look at it, okay, well and that's assuming they've accrued no additional debt well the, the, yeah. they're saying average debt went down right so yeah the average person so some some did some did yeah. um yeah but, you know like one thing i you know like and that's the that's probably the, the 22 percent that they'll never own probably and they're staying at home longer and doing all that um you know, I um, I think when you look at it, you go 20K over nine years, gosh, bunch of small amount. It is really a small amount. I, so I, I think, okay, so I guess the point I was making real quick was you had talked about, you talked about, hey, you, you don't look at your, your salary and kind of going out. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't notice inflation. Okay. We really don't know. In theory, yes. Okay. Right now, because it's talked about and you're saying, hey, this is really expensive. But if you, if inflation stabilizes, right, to like this new mark, eventually you're, you're, you as a person will, you just get used to You'll budget and this is what you'll do. And you'll, you know, um, you don't actually pay attention to that type of shit. Um, I wish people kind of did, right? I mean, that's yeah, but you know, most I, people aren't financially sound to do these things. You know, we we should 
should have had my niece on. That'd be great. Um, Anytime. I think I'm going to have her come apply for your, here. She needs to because we need people. Well, she would fit in perfectly, right? She would. She, like, and I think it would help. But And I think my niece hates me, which is fine. Um, is she this the one me. that lived with you or is this a different piece? This is the one that lives with you. Yeah. She, she loves me. She but hates you because you're tough on her. Very much, right? And so, like, but you don't want her to be a piece of shit like your two parents. Let's say, right? That's kind of it, right? Yeah. So, like, I she she was over yesterday and I hadn't seen her in forever. And I feel bad because I was like, hey, how's the job? What are you making? And she told me, and I was like, fuck that. Like, no. She should totally put in an application yeah. here. We'd love to have her. Yeah. And then, um, and it's a great workout, honestly. Yeah. And so we were going, and, and I was like, all right. What do you what do you got in savings, right? You've been working now for whatever. What do you got in savings? She's got like fifty dollars. I mean, more than that, honestly. Okay. I, so like, when I look back at it, I'm like, fuck, I'm kind of proud of you. Okay. Um, so she's got at least a thousand. No. Oh no. Yeah. Like, the only I was really proud for a second there. The only reason I'm proud is because my wife for, said probably well, probably, probably more than picky. Right. We'll get to him in a minute. But you know, so I was like, you know, she she's got she's got like three hundred bucks, right? Yeah. Like, okay. And I was like, all right. And so then we kind of were talking. And I was like, look, I don't care what you do in your life. I don't give any shits. And again, I said, I said, look, I'm going to talk to you like Aunt Courtney wants me to talk to you, but also, or how Aunt Courtney would want me to talk to you. Right. So I was like, look, every paycheck that you get, I was like, you get paid weekly or bi weekly. I was bi weekly. I said, look, I want you to put $50 a week. So $100 away. And actually, I told her I was like 75. Right for the for the two paychecks. And I was like, Correct. Give yourself some money, because you know, even though I know I'm right, yeah, like, yeah. My, my wife is just on my ass. I'm like, it's not worth this fight. And then she goes, "Is this a full time job she has, or she's still part time?" Oh, well, it's part time, which is another bullshit. Is right? she going to school? No, then she no. needs to come here and apply. No, trust me. Yeah. Um, she's got to get something. But anyway, so I say because if she's full time job, I would be like. Get the job at break room therapy, and all that money goes into savings yeah. and retirement. And you know, and, and whatever she's like, "Oh, I, I want to go here to college and do that." And so, like, we had this talk, and it was, and I was like, "Look, just do yourself a favor." And I was like, "Put it in the savings account." And I was like, "Do like the only thing is because she wants to get a, her license, she wants okay. a car, and she, I was like, "All right, you don't spend this money right until you get to that point where you have double whatever you're going to purchase." Yeah, right. She's like, huh? And I was like, look, if you want a five thousand dollar car, save up ten k, buy your five thousand dollar car, right? Like you'll thank me in the end. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know what? Because you know, if you want a four thousand dollar car, mm-hmm. or you know, if you want a two thousand dollar car, then save up four. Like, and you'll have this money to be able to support. And mm-hmm. you know, you want to go and do this. Like, I, I'm telling you, and a hundred dollars every two weeks won't fucking look like anything to you. But over the course of years, you will come back and you will thank me tomorrow. Like I'm promising you. And I was like. The only thing I care about in life is that you come back and say you were right. <laughs> you know, I was like, I don't care about anything else. And uh, I was like, all right. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm, and she, if she does it, that's fine. If she doesn't, whatever. But, you know, I'm having this conversation with my kid. We went shopping and uh, I, she, she wanted mandarin oranges, right? A okay. little four pack. Mm-hmm. I can get a Shire Farm or whatever I can be where I can get my bread. 350 for this and 225 for this. And I was like, hey, put this one back, grab that one. She's like, why? I was like, well, because it's dollar twenty-five. You know what that means. She's like, no. I was like, well, we said dollar twenty-five and that pizza just cost you a buck less, right? Like, it was, oh, okay. I was like, and I could just buy another beer. <laughs> I was like, 
So we were, we were, Mike's got a quick question. So how old is your niece? Just turned 18 in January. So she's 18 and a half. Yeah, almost 19. When do you you stop doing that? I mean, by the time she's 30, this advice you're giving her now, she'll thank you for it. Maybe like, oh my God, you're keeping me from. But right. I guarantee well, you, when she's old enough, she'll be like, wow, you know, he was really looking out for me, and I've got this really good nest egg, and I can do what I want when I want. And, you know, and I, and I try to, like, compare it to my betterment. So yeah. I'm like, look, this is what I'm putting in. Basically the same thing I'm telling you. I was like, I've been doing it for Emerson. For, this is seven years now. So if you look at, and as you're saying, 30. So, like, I'm sitting at, what, I don't remember last night, looked $18,000. Like, okay. And all it is is just set it and keep going. Cause I, you know, I was like, just just make sure you put it in the account that you don't fucking touch. So Mike brought up something and I want to hit this. So a few years ago, Mikey was 20K in debt. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know what to do. I think we should file bankruptcy. I think I should file bankruptcy. And I'm like, all right, come up and I'll I'll help. So this was more than a couple of years ago. This because this was before I knew you guys. Yeah, this would have been like 2013. Well, not knew you, but before I reconnected. So this would have been like 2014. Yeah. So we're talking like almost 10 years ago. And he came up and he he laid it all out for me. And I'm like, you know, I don't think we have enough debt here to file bankruptcy. You're only 20 grand in debt. Let's see what we can do. So he came over and Don started calling the creditors. And, you know, some of them were willing to give offers. and he could handle their offers and some of them were willing to give offers and he couldn't handle their offers. Mm -hmm. And I had major anxiety about it. So every time Don would yell out, Hey, this one will do, you know, they'll settle the $4,600 for four 4,200. I'm like, all right, just give them our bank account number and I'll pay it. And with this one, it was the best we were going to get. And there was another one I want to say was like, I don't know, eighteen hundred bucks, and they were willing to settle for three payments of three thirty-three. Okay, I'm like, all right, you just give them our bank account information and get that shit out of here. And he he kept going, dude, you can't do that. And I'm like, fuck off. You'll just be in debt to me for four fucking percent instead of these other fucking places. Right. And he paid off twenty thousand dollars in debt in less than two years and we're talking about nine years and they cut their debt by 20 grand right again that's impressive but not very impressive right you know and the problem is mikey's done nothing since then no he's probably in debt again but we'll find out in a couple weeks right and you know i i mean i don't think he's at the end that he just has probably no savings and no retirement Oh, he's never retiring. Other than maybe the medical bills from the uh, woman he's dating. I go there. No, so, that's why I was I was politically correct in the you term that I used. So let's let's go on, on to some of these other reasons why millennials are not okay. buying houses. Yeah. So for millennials, home prices have outpaced wages. Yeah, that's true. Definitely seeable. Especially when you hear the fact that there are just a lot of companies just out there buying the properties to 
raise the prices. We'll get to that one in just a minute. Uh, one of the reasons I found was boomers are not selling. Sure. That's um, true, too. I, I they don't have any interest in moving into retirement homes and stuff people like are, that. People are selling, but it's definitely not the boomers. Right. Um, well, the people who are selling are Gen Xers who are trying to get bigger houses. Probably. Correct. Or the older millennials that are trying to get bigger houses. Um, so Mike just brought up professional competition like BlackRock, who, as in the first quarter of 21, owned about 15% of the houses that were up for sale. So not a huge number, but still 15% is big enough yeah. to make a dent. Mm -hmm. That's when you're looking at houses. Yes. Yeah. Or, well, or Nick I, buying everything, every, everything that comes out of the market that he feels is reasonably priced enough for him to buy. Right. Well, well, your I, fault, saw, Nick. I saw something about Atlanta, which don't quote me on these numbers. So, like, eight hundred thousand houses are for sale in Atlanta, and they only bought one hundred and fifteen thousand of them. That's still one hundred and fifteen thousand houses they took off the market. Um. And that would be right around that percentage that you said. Yeah. Sorry, I'm trying to think. It'd be three state, right? 15, what? 15%? Yeah, basically. So we just think of three states. Yeah. And, and every house in that fucking state. That's how much they are. Like, huh. So some other reasons. Student loan debt, obviously. Yep. Um, affordability. Yeah, houses are not as affordable as they were 15 no. years ago. I, I, I mean, it's going to drop again to the point of affordability but probably not to what it was 15 years ago. But what's affordability at this point? 280,000 instead of 330 because the average house is over 330,000. Yeah. I mean you you look at look at this and me I don't know I think there's going to be you know, it goes to an opinion it goes it's not even an opinion it's it's all wrong. But you guys talk about affordable housing. So we, we talk about it. I, I was just up in the middle of nowhere in Michigan, right? Okay. Baldwin. Yep. And there's houses up there. You can get things for $90,000, $80,000, right? And what are you getting for that money? Two bedroom, one bathroom house with like three acres. Right. But, yeah, the land the land adds to it, but I mean, two bedroom, one bath is officially smaller than my house. Right, but even if you got a three bedroom, like again, I just off of so the things I've seen kind of all come across lately that have all been seventy k, eighty k, have all been two bedroom, one bathroom, um, with a little bit of land, and again, I've seen this all just within a week, so. To me, but it's, you can work from home, right, which is a huge thing that's coming around. You can choose where you live, and there's affordable housing. You just have to be willing to not live in unaffordable areas, right? And I, get and I would agree. I mean, I will be the first to admit. Deep down by you. The, the area that I live in is probably one of the low-income areas supported. Now, low, or, Low income in Portage is probably 
median or mean income in Kalamazoo, just because Portage is a little considered a little more affluent than Kalamazoo. But I mean, yeah, for me, it is. For Portage, it is the lower income area. Right. You know, and so you're there, you're there because you choose to be, because you have a single income, you have this, right? Like, and, well, I and, have that, and I want my kids to be in their school district and everything, and yeah. There's a, there's a few reasons why, but yes, I mean, the main one is I wanted to be in an area that, A, I felt like I could afford without going into debt, and a place that would keep my kids where they need to be to go to school and still be with their friends. And, and you know, like, that's exactly it. So you're, you're making that choice, and then you're fine, and you found that. Now, right, like, I just was offered a duplex in... Um, excuse me, Grand Rapids. Uh, what's the what's the really fancy Grand Rapids? East Grand Rapids. East East Grand Rapids. Holy crap! Sorry, my 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 brain's not doing great. That's um, fine. I know you got a headache. Yeah, it's a it's it's pressure like right in the nostril, and it's like really hurting. So I'm guessing a duplex there is probably three hundred thousand to half a million. Uh, it was it was six hundred k, yeah, um, or se- maybe maybe closer to seven actually. Um, but you to, could also but charge probably three thousand dollars a month for it. Per oh, that's, unit. that's exactly it. He was getting he was getting like thirty five and three grand, right? So, um, people are willing to pay that for rent, right? I mean, now you look at my things and you go out into out of East Grand Rapids, so you're not in that school district. You don't have to spend that kind of money. I mean, I, you know, there's places in Byron Center, sure, but like with David's house, right? I mean, you get 2,200. I don't even know if you get 22, I guess, but like if you fixed it up, but I mean, uh, you know, let's say you go to the- Are we talking a month or a year? A month, if we rented it. So sorry, we, we were talking about how, um, you know, all right, so my point was, you guys yeah. constantly talk about this affordable housing thing. Housing is affordable. You just have to be willing to go out into the affordable areas, like, like Baldwin. Okay, now there's more remote jobs, right? So you could go to Baldwin and get a ninety thousand. Oh, absolutely. 70, 70, now, okay, you're making. I don't care. Like, okay, so you're getting a remote job, which pays. So you make like sixty. Yeah, in that range. Okay, so let's just say you're making sixty. You live in a seventy thousand dollar house, eighty thousand dollar house. You have a fuck ton of money. So that, okay, it is an hour drive into Grand Rapids, but if you wanted to go party and hang out, I mean, how often are you now if you're wasting your money on booze and hanging out and doing all that? How often do I party and hang out? Exactly. In, in, uh, in Grand Rapids. Once every three, four months. Right. And, I, and I'm in Grand Rapids, you know, once a month type of a thing. And I live here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um well, I've got a question for you, Nick. Yeah. You're a jettison. I am. And I don't know enough about that area to know. Consider it Byron Center. Is jettison. What's that? Consider it Byron Center. No, no, I'm talking about you specifically. I'm saying to, to help you decide what Jenison is. Same houses, same yeah. prices. Yep. Okay. Same people. Is But is Jenison considered its own school district? That was yes. my yes. question. Yes. Okay. Class that A. That answers my question. Yep. So That's what answers my question. The same size. Like for of- me, where I, live, where I live in Portage, yes, I live in the very inexpensive area but my kids go to portage north which encompasses 
middle school, which encompasses three or four other like higher income neighbor, you know, areas. And when they go to high school at Portage Northern, that's again bringing in. So I don't feel as bad living in the lower income area of Portage because I know that the schools themselves are still good when they at the middle school and high school level because they get that tax income from some of the more well-off areas supported. So so consider where Nick and I live, yeah. like Gull Lake. Okay. That would be comparable. They're a class A school now. Yep. Um, not like when we went to school, but class but I A mean, school. In Northern, in, in Northern, Portage Northern is a class A school. With just more trying to it understand is. if he was feeding into the Grand Rapids school district or his own school district. So even if we looked at Northern or Central, for example, yeah, they'd be yeah. more like an East Kentwood. Okay. okay, they have some really wealthy families. They have some not as wealthy yeah. families, which is fine. And I, I having my kids in that, so I'd much rather have them. In Portage Northern, then very sour, very sour, very sour. I, um, you know, and, and, and Nick, Nick, send me that what that is because I I will need to try that at some point. That's jelly jar. You would love it. Well, yeah, I do. I well, like so I said, glad. like it's I would good, much rather it? be, but not for me because I don't like sours. I would yeah. much rather be in Portage Northern than it would be in Lloyd Oryx or Kalamazoo. You know, true, and and, and like. So the same up here, though. You would rather be in East Kentwood than you would be in Grand Rapids Public. Yeah. Um, and so what you were talking about. So right now, okay, I can go. I can go into. I can go find sheep housing. Yes. Now, mm -hmm. in theory, I could go to. Well, let's say, Kentwood, Wyoming. I can still find two hundred something thousand dollar houses. Yeah, but two hundred still but pretty. We're saying average is three thirty, right? Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So. But all I'm saying is, on that payment, how much would it be? On three thirty or on two hundred? Let's go two fifty. Two fifty. I don't care. I would probably say in the fifteen hundred dollars range. Maybe, maybe higher interest Maybe rates a little are crazy. Yeah. Well, okay. yeah, with with higher interest, probably yeah. eighteen nineteen hundred. Okay. So yeah. now, now the point I was making was, I just got offered a duplex in East Grand Rapids. Okay. Close to anywhere six fifty to seven hundred k, and Mike said, "Oh yeah, but you'll be able to rent it out." Okay, that's the whole point. Is people are willing to pay, and yeah. it's being rented for thirty five hundred and three grand. Yeah. Okay. Like I believe this, it. This isn't a fucking mansion yeah. on Reed's Lake. This is a fucking. No, it's duplex. just a duplex in East Grand oh, Rapids. Right. So, yeah. so location, location, location. Okay, you have the yeah. choice to mm -hmm. do that. You're choosing to spend your money on this housing. Well, I can't buy into that. Here. Yes. Okay. We all love our kids. We make the choice on what's good enough, Correct. right? And well. To you an know, extent, I, but you also got to look at what you have as income. Like, I, well, I mean, with what I make a year, if I wasn't paying child support, yes, I could easily afford one of the more affluent areas of Portage. But I look at what I make, I pay for child support, but, and to not feel like I'm putting myself to the point where I'm living paycheck to paycheck. And I, I think this, it's hard for this podcast for I me. Live, yeah. Because the three of us are pretty somewhat okay. Yeah. On and we're smarter with money than most people. You guys keep saying, "Hey, Nick, you're 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 not the norm, and you're not this." But like, yeah, none of us know, really when are. When I look at and I start looking at some of my friends and and things, and they're like, "Oh man, 
you know, like you guys talk about it, Mikey, right? Like he's a he's probably the average American. Probably. Granted, he finally has his own place. Oh yeah. Oh, he still lives at home. No, he lives with his girlfriend. Well, you know, so they, they have their own place. Okay. So he finally oh, has a apartment. They're renting an apartment. They have they have an apartment. So like they aren't they running where you used to live? Where I used to live when I first got divorced. Yeah. That was, yeah. But like that's the whole point is like he lived at home, right? You got you said he was twenty k in debt. He had no fucking bills. He just he never was thought save your goddamn money and quit spending it. Like I don't know. I mean, oh, he was he was I, dumb. I he it, bought stuff. Right, I look at Dumb it. Stuff. Given the opportunity to live in my mom's basement, because you know, like I joked for the longest time, like hell yes, like every dime would just go right back to it, and I'd be paid off. And X, you know, well, and even talking to the three of us here, yeah. you know, I have credit cards. Mm-hmm. I don't have store credit cards. He yeah. would run up a thousand dollars worth of debt. His worst, his worst fucking card pissed me off, which is the one that would not. Settle for less than what I told you. see Patty. Sears. Sears. Oh. It was a Sears, Sears. credit card. Should have waited. It, it ran up to almost five grand. Well, so and I said, "What the fuck are you buying at Sears?" He goes, "Well, I bought clothes." So the funny thing is, I'm thinking well, about getting clothes at Sears card for a company. What company? Uh, I think I'm going to do Lowe's. Okay. I get twenty. Get some for? Oh yeah, I get like ten or twenty percent off fucking yeah. all my stuff. I get like a bunch, and I get. My rebates back. The business has one for Menards. By the way, if you don't want to turn in your Menards rebates, give them to us. I've got one store card other than Amazon. I mean, yes, I have an Amazon card. But my one store card is a Kohl's, which I barely ever use, and I basically pay off immediately after I pay it. But again, Mm -hmm. it's because you you double the rewards or whatever they call it, and Quite often, if I've got, if I go to Kohl's like two or three times a year, which is usually when my kids feel like they've outgrown their swimsuits and their pajamas, and I buy yep. them more. And Kid quite shopping. often, then that third time a year is for free because yep. I've earned enough Kohl's well, point, Kohl's cash to basically, yeah. Say yeah. so it's getting you know, it's good rewards, but um, I mean, I probably. I, I, if you don't want your Menard shit, I give just, it to us. I'm too lazy to send it in. Just I, give it to us. We'll send it in. I actually, I gotta find one. You can even keep your receipt now. You just have to tear off the bottom section. Just I'll give me the bottom. Yeah, give me the bottom section. I'll send that shit in. Huh. I'll give you ten cents on the dollar. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm pretty pretty, <laughs> sure, pretty sure I have like thirty five thousand dollars in the past two months. Give it to me. I will take. At that point, at that point, give them fifty cents of the dollar. Yeah, I'll give you fifty cents on the dollar. Um, I don't know if I have receipts stuff on my accountant. Uh, it, it's it's the easiest fucking thing now. You yeah. know what would be easier if they let you just fucking do it online? If, right. If they let me just do it online, it'd be so much easier. Uh, everybody would do it. They should, they should just have a QR code that you scan it and processes it. Exactly. Right. But, you know, I mean, Home Depot will match the same thing. Yeah, so, I, I don't use them. Well, I mean, and that's... Right, so I have to figure out... But I, like, I don't know. I, I have friends that keep telling me... I don't me, know if I enough stuff, so I just go wherever it's cheaper. And you know, I'm getting into it more and finding a fuck ton more, you know. I mean, um my uh the guy I work for, you know, they just got I think it was seventeen thousand dollars in rebates back. Yeah, tell you how much they spent like, a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well time you know, divided by eleven. Well, and he's he's sitting here just going, Look, we are pretty much gonna pay for one flip for free. 
All right, I should probably do this. I got like I want to say six hundred bucks off the supplies for my bathroom nice. when we redid it. So some other reasons why millennials are not buying affordability. Makes sense. Here's one I kind of like. So not married yet. So they're not married yet. Yep. And they've decided, you know, until I'm in a stable relationship, I'm not going to buy it. One of the other things I saw that I thought was really interesting. Many of them did not buy maybe when they could because of bans on certain marriage. Sure. So yep. because they're in an LGBTQ relationship. Mm-hmm. Couldn't count mm-hmm. both incomes. Correct. You would have had to run it as a business in theory. Yeah. So they decided, you know, I, well, I can't buy because, mm-hmm. you know, my, my partner, who's a man, yep. has, you know, we can't count his income. Yep. Even though um, you get the situation of some states still are interracial relationships. Mm-hmm in terms of whether they accept it or not. You know, the backward South ones. I, I want to hit on this real quick that has nothing to do with anything. So they struck down Roe versus Wade to send it back to the states, right? Because it's going to be a state's rights issue. And that was a big Lindsey Graham thing. We got to send it back. It's going to be a state's rights issue. Did anybody read what Lindsey Graham put forth today? No. So he's putting forth a bill for a nationwide ban on abortion. Motherfucker, I thought you said it was states' rights. Why are you putting together a, a, a nationwide ban then? Yeah. Because getting rid of Roe versus Wade was just the first step. Now the second Correct. step is taking the Russian ban on it. Correct. Which um, will, the way, I mean, if things fall the way they seem like they've been pointing to the last, like over the next seven weeks, I mean, Democrats should win pretty handily. Yes, they should. Oh, and there there are so many pissed off people. Like the Michigan Supreme Court ruled that the abortion ban can go, or the reproductive rights legislation can go on the ballot to strike down abortion ban. And Republicans are losing their fucking mind because they know that it's If it goes on the actual ballot. It goes on the ballot. So people are like 70% for that in this state, which is just going to benefit Whitmer and the other Democrats because they're all pissed off at the Republicans for trying to stop it. Don't piss off Even that, I mean, every ad is like freaking Tudor basically being like, gives no exceptions at all. She's basically like, it's doesn't, matter no if it's medical, doesn't matter if it's rape or incest it's like just ban it and make you criminal well if you're 11 years old and you're pregnant that'll make you a better person just have it uh bullshit oh. um, if you're 11 years old and pregnant it probably wasn't your choice to get pregnant in the first place probably not mike you and i need to talk about something off here um okay tighter lending standards was another one which um, I don't know what that means. Uh, well, you don't have that issue. Go on. There are plenty of people that just can't get approved, even though maybe they could afford. Okay. And and that's difficult, I think, for a lot of millennials at this point. Well, credit's not great. Like that. Credit's not great. I mean, of course. Sorry, Mike. Or needing X, X number of dollars down. Well, and you don't get credit for 
being a good renter. So somebody's rented from you, Nick, for three years. They've always made their payments on time. That doesn't hit their credit. Right. So they don't get any any bonus points for, hey, you've been a great renter for three years. You've been paying, I know you don't charge this, but let's say you've been paying $1,800 to Mr. Nick here and your mortgage would only be $1,200. Fuck you, you can't afford this house. Right. Well, wait a minute, I was paying 600 more. But they're like, yep, sorry, you just, we can't approve you. Um, one of the interesting things, I, reasons I saw, the lure of bright lights, millennials want to live in the city. And you're not buying a home in the city. Right. I mean, depending on the city, yeah, you might be able to buy an apartment. And say a condo type, like yeah. if they turn apartments into condos. If they did those things, but yeah. if not. Yeah. We got we to gotta not think about just the Midwest. Yeah, but even think about New York. Yeah, they sell apartments. Oh, yeah. 20 million bucks. Mm. And who can afford that? Right. Rich Athletes. people. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I look at it and I, I get it, right? And you want to be where everybody else is. Yeah. You, and, you know, I don't know. There's the people who, you know, some of the richest people that you that you don't know live out in the boonies, right? Cause yes. Just, just hoard it. I wanted to hit this too, though. 2008 cost to raise a child oh. from birth to 18, oh. $204,060. Okay. In 2013, that's when Max was born. Okay. In 2013, which is five years later, $245,340. So it went up basically 45 grand in five years. Yeah. yeah, but that's not, I mean, that don't be, I mean, well, yeah, that's a lot for five years, but it's less than 20, or around 20%. Okay, but where did salaries go in five years? I oh, mean, no we way. talked about in nine years, they went up less 10%. than 10,000. 10, yeah. And, and these are honest issues that, you know, when you're looking at things, so, which I mean, even fifty to sixty thousand dollars is is twenty percent. It is, but it still doesn't mean it's necessarily affordable to do these things. No, not at all. It wasn't affordable at fifty thousand dollars in two thousand nine or two thousand ten. No, no, not at all. I mean, yeah, no matter what you I love the new couch because I can sit here and recline and on the video that's nice you know it, it's a matter of what you bought how you bought it and things like that right i mean well you know and, and i i rail on boomers a lot but a lot of things lately that i watch on tiktok are boomers talking about how well our generation had it rough so it's okay if you have it rough but when you look at rough in actual real money terms shared this TikTok with you earlier today. So let's say, for example, in 1980, let's say your wages were $10,000. Let's just say 10 grand. Mm -hmm. Your housing might be four to 5,000 right. for that year. You would still have half your salary left. Mm -hmm. Whereas mm -hmm. when we look now, let's say, you know, let's say your salary is $60,000. $60, if you're paying yeah, um, um, for a house, 
and, and again, we go back to what I've said the whole time is 80s, 70s and 80s, right? Husband worked, I mean, the wife stayed home for the most part. Not in the 80s, yeah. the 60s, 70s. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, but then you started to get it, okay? So, like, prices started to rise in the 80s, right? I mean, you started seeing that. Why? Because women started to work. And no. so now you have two no, incomes. No, no, no. If you give me the opportunity. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. You give me the opportunity that there's two incomes, right? Versus, okay. a, and so, okay, you go back and you look, okay? What's the average? What is the average? Hold consistent, like right. Like last I knew, it was like three point seven people or something, like that. right. So, look, okay. Now, but that could be one adult and two kids. Could be, right? Um, it could be, right? Right. But the standard back then, I mean, when when you tell me that we have record amount of people having kids, statistics are going to show that people are together, living two incomes, one household. So we're going to talk about something you did not live through. Yeah. Okay. Mike, yeah. what changed in 1981 that was different from, let's say, 1978? I was very, still very young at the time. You were. It, it was Reaganomics. Which, what was the theory of Reaganomics? Trickle down, basically. Give a lot of tax breaks to the rich, and they will basically... When there are large companies and they will raise income or, you know, salaries and things like that, or give money back to the community to help the poor and stuff like that, which so, we've learned the hard way basically is, no, the rich want made, to get richer. If you made $20 million, you got mm -hmm. taxed, let's say, 39% on dollar zero to dollar $10 million. Mm -hmm. And from dollar ten million and one to dollar twenty million, you got taxed seventy percent on. That is the reason why the middle class was so prosperous in the fifties, sixties, seventies, and why it died out in the eighties, because that tax rate dropped sure. almost in half. Yeah, and as Mike pointed out, the same about they paid. For the first ten million dollars, yeah. And now, don't even talk about now with uh, billionaires when they're making multi like hundreds of billions of dollars a year. Well, as Mike pointed out, they were going to trickle down that money because all the rich people were going to go, "Oh, I'm so blessed with all of this money. I'm going to share the wealth." Let's look at this logically. So, well, they did. With their, who? Their contractor that built them the no, they didn't. $900 million. They shared it with their kids. They didn't share it with that contractor. Because if you look at one specific builder, yeah. he didn't pay his contractors. He That's just fact. sold them to fuck off. That's what I was going to say. So since we're off topic, yeah. one of my favorite TikToks was the one I sent you about the guy asking um, why he was mad about Obama. And he said he wasn't at 9-11. Um, I have he, seen that. He was out golfing and doing stuff, and I was like, I have seen so many oh. people pissed off at Obama. But he wasn't even president at the time. Yeah, but they don't know this. These people are stupid as fuck. I got into a. He wasn't in the old office. W. Bush was president during 9 11. I know. I, I, got I guarantee into, you, if 
if if it would have been 9 11 2018, um, what's his face would have still been golfing? Yeah, oh, it totally would have been fucking golfing. So, nah, I got into a conversation today. No, he wouldn't have been golfing, he would be calling calling the people in the buildings losers. And he would have been as a bunker, being a bunker bitch. Anyways. He probably would have thrown a paper towel and said, just get it cleaned up. I got got into a nice conversation with a very nice lady on on Facebook today. And we were talking about a dumbass. And the dumbass posted something really fucking stupid. And she had replied, you know, don't be stupid. And I replied, well, what do you expect? He's a QAnon idiot. And dipshit replies, I don't even know what QAnon is. Mind you, fucking Facebook is wide fucking open, right? So I pull a post of his off there where he's pushing QAnon theories that specifically say, this is what QAnon believes. And he had some stupid thing like, see, this is what's really going on. And I posted. And dumbass laughed about it. And that share... The chair huh? you gave me yesterday about the QAnon yes. conspiracy theorist killing his family. Yeah. Kill his his fucking wife or girlfriend or whatever because he and knew... then and shot his daughter to the yeah. point. I mean, I don't think she was overly critically injured. I mean, but he, he literally believed there were lizard people. I'm sorry you're so stupid. But many of you people don't I mean, know according how to, to South think. Park, there there's crab people. There are, but that's South Park. Yeah. They, we also talked earlier today about our episode would be about the underpants gnomes. Let's say. I wanted to be, I want, I want that as my career plan. Steal something. Steal underpants. Dot, dot, profit. Correct. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know. I think every, Every generation is going to tell you that you know, they're not going to buy a house. They're not going to... okay. Yeah, I don't think so. Mike, did you ever sit there and go as a Gen X or I'm not going to buy a house? Maybe when I was like 22, but at this point, millennials are in their 30s. Some are hitting 40. Well, I'm just saying, but the, the youngest millennials are in their 30s. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. very late 20s. And so by that, I by that I owned a house. Ninety five was the last year of millennials' birth. My daughter. Oh, she's what 20, 26 I years old. Twenty seven. Jesus. So yeah, by thirty, I had owned my first house. Because at that point, yes, I saw. It was kind of the opposite of what they said. It was like. Why pay somebody, unfortunately, mm-hmm. like Nick, to get rich when I could own something that eventually could help me become more financially well off? Correct. And I get it, but like, you know, I've also like I'm on this side, and I can't, I can't lie to you guys. Like, I'm burned out, right? I'm kind of the first to admit it. Like, it sucks. I don't want to admit sell, to it. sell all your properties like, and retire. Well, like, and like. Like, sadly, like, truthfully, like, from my heart, like, that's an actual thing I've been contemplating. But it's, like, you know how hard it is to get business after yeah. you've done this, like, your whole fucking life, right? Like, I don't know what else to do. Let's um, buy a bar. 
Well, no, like I, I had thought about it, right? That's like, a losing promotion right there. You know, as long as it, it, my brewery. I don't want to do a brewery, but like, you know, um, Osgood's probably it is, and, and, you know, but it's a thing like where you just think about it, and I don't know, you know, because like I had a tenant text me and say, hey, you know, like the the bathtub hot water won't shut off, and they have to use the fucking and can you send somebody? And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, it used to be something I'd go fix, right? I'm like, God damn it. Like, I just, I sent somebody. Yeah. And then going through the financial change that I'm probably going to be going through, like I'm sitting here going, fuck, I can't, I can't do that. But You'd I have know, to go take care of it. But I know me as a person, like, yeah. I don't want to, right? Like, yeah. I am I'm done. Like, and so, do I fail myself? Do I fail my dream? Do I fail whatever to get to that point? So, I think it looks great to me. Hey, like, sad as it is, I mean, just like as I own a house, and, I don't know, like the other day, we were talking about it, I, I think we are talking about, it, I don't know if it was the last episode or whatever, you know, my, my zero turn fucking both, both wheels were popped because my brother did whatever, but mm-hmm. like, you know, I go to fucking just mow my own goddamn grass and it's just, I gotta fix shit and I gotta have, you know, the next thing fucking in there, it's like, God damn, like if I own a condo. I wouldn't have to, do, wouldn't have to do nothing. I have no outside. All I have to do is fucking clean the inside. What even that? A condo is an investment. Well, and, and that's fine. Because it like, can accrue, you know. It can, but I mean, you know, the statistics is... Not the same way that a house that you own yourself right. is, I understand. But, that. you know, but you still, you're still responsible for the interior stuff, yeah. right? And, and mm-hmm. um, you know, so then you go, all right, like, what can I... Like, I don't know, me, I'm the kind of person where I look at this, and, and we talk about this wall, there's dripping glue, which bugs me as a person every time. Me too. But in theory, like, I don't fucking care. Like, it's just a place to lay my head, right? Yeah. So I could just rent, and I'd, I'd be fine. Now, me, as like, I'd be like, all right, where can I get the cheapest fucking rent, you know? Um, I just wrote it on, you know, I, I can't tell you I'm in the greatest mental, financial, or, you know, the me- mental state of mind I've been in a long time. Like, I'm over here writing myself fucking personal notes, right? Um, on a box, <laughs> like I do that too. And uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I I'm to the point of, you know, and people will burn you out, man. No matter what industry you're in, you know, David, you get it because you come from this business, and you know, people don't listen to the rules, or you think could they be then it's all right you know hey i'm going to court over this right like every fucking day i'm i'm getting threatened to go to court right you know and then the stories that you don't know of right so you know nobody ever tells you you're ready for shit okay, so i get a call from i get a call from a contractor who's doing uh a foundation uh issue and uh there's five cop cars Three ambulances, two fire trucks. Oh, was this yesterday? I go up to the officer. Like, hey, property manager, uh, do am I going to need the police report number four? I don't think so. Um, and you, go, you know, I, just look in his eyes and his face, and just like I almost bald. Like, and he's like, you know, there was a, and I and I had a lieutenant, right? They just had a new baby, right? And uh, like, you know, you guys can go downstairs. They can go to the main floor, but they can't go upstairs. Um, there was a, a 
you know, what do he call it? Is a uh, basically, basically uh, a medical emergency that didn't go well, right? So okay. I'm assuming there's a death. And mm-hmm. I can only assume just the look of his face that we no longer have a baby in this house, right? Yeah. yeah. And he goes, it's upstairs. That's where the tub is. That's where, like, my brain, and I've done this long enough, and I've this isn't my first fucking one, right? So I can put two and two together, and I'm sitting here going, fuck, like, God, you know? And then mm-hmm. I'm sitting here just every fucking day. And people think, man, Nick, you're an asshole because you're a fucking owner and you care about money. Like, I have a tear in my eye talking yeah, about this. Like, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, I have a fucking heart. Like, I don't care about the money aspect of things. Like, I, I still have a job that I have to get done. And now I have to sit here and I have to know these. And, and the hardest part is, and people always go, hey, you know, as an owner, you should you should have somebody else manage. I never in my life want to put that on somebody else to have a fucking deal with that, right? right. Like, mm-hmm. it's tough, man. What, one of the things... That, you, you look at it from that perspective, and that's, you know, like I said, assuming again that the baby dot, you know, passed away. Very unexpected. Nothing you could ever plan for. Because you're the property manager or whatever for the company that you work with. You can't do much about it, but I guarantee you, you as an owner would be like, you know what? If you can't pay rent for the next few months while you're, you know, dealing with this financial hardship, you're probably doing that, you as an owner. Not every owner, but you actually care about people. Well, and this is one of the things that that I've I've always known, but people have been putting this to words in the last fourth years mm-hmm. the difference between right wing and left wing is empathy mm-hmm. and yeah. the people on the right side don't have that empathy for other people no, and people at all. center left have empathy and they actually care about what happens to other people i don't i don't like people sure you know i i tell everybody i fucking hate people but i like person yeah so if you bring me a person I'll, I'll like them but when you bring me a group i'll hate the group. you know i uh what i think no i and i think you know tommy lee jones's quote from ben and black is perfect a person is smart people are stupid correct oh i mean you know i uh say I, I listed my new house for eighteen hundred, um, because I'm keeping it for a year. Oh, are you? Instead of flipping it. Okay. And then I decided I was just going to rent it to. Uh, break even, uh, enough to get me through the year, so I can flip it after the year, so I can get my. Okay. You know, I, I had I had a few interests and stuff, so I showed it to one. She comes and she's like, oh, all right, so section eight. And I was like, I don't, I don't accept that. Oh, well, she should have asked you that. And I was like, yeah, I guess she should have, you know. She, I, I go, she's not something I work with. And she's like, well, it's guaranteed money. And I was like, no, it's not. Like, what? And I said, no, like, they have an inspection on top of the inspection I'm going to have to have. I have to live by the rules, figure out whatever. And if I don't get their inspection done in the time frame they want, they don't pay me the money. You have rights as a tenant tell them hey something's not being done in the way that you want it to be done 
And I don't tolerate that with my properties. And she goes, huh, okay. <laughs> I was like, that's just like, plain and simple. Like, I already have too many people in my business. I don't need more, right? right. Like, yeah, you think it's guaranteed money, but there's no such thing as a guarantee. Right? Fine. No, there's one guarantee. Two. Two. Yeah. Death and tax. That's a fact. <laughs> you know, I so said, you can avoid taxes, I guess, but. You can. Um, you can't avoid death. Mm-hmm. That motherfucker's coming for you. You're born and you die. Those are two things. Yep. Uh, I, uh, yep, so I'm going to keep it uh, for a year and avoid the taxes on it. Makes sense. I have to, I mean, you know, when you start doing the math and if we get a correction in the next 10 months, I'll be in the wrong. If I'm right, then I'll make some money. Worst case scenario, basically I'll break even. Yeah. Right. So should hedge my risk and rent it for more. My brain said, look, I'm only doing this for this amount of time. So like Mm -hmm. I I've owned it for two months, technically to be three at the end of this. Mm -hmm. So I like, I'm only renting it for nine months. Like after that, sorry. He's like, that's fine. And I was like, because he wants to buy it, maybe. And yeah. I was like, fine. The first right to buy it. I'm letting you know I'm selling it. Like, and and nine months later, get shit together and like, yeah. I mean, you know, and so he's like, oh, I paid this off to get credit and do this. And I was like, cool, you're on the right path. Yeah. But here, here's what it is. Like, this is the price I want. This is how I want it. This is it. Done. And uh, so that's why it's like less money. We'll see how it works out. Well, hopefully, you know, you sell it for what you want. And maybe he'll just buy it and make it easy on you. Right. So, and uh, these are the risks we take, you know. Yeah. Everything's a gamble. Every goddamn thing in this world is a gamble. So, um, anything else that you have for? I I ran through my list. Um, We definitely have to wait for Mike to come back. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm here. I'm just not on camera. All right, well, you need to give us your thoughts on your beers. Yep. Uh, Nick, what were your thoughts on your beers? Uh, so the banana, it was fun. I wouldn't, I like, again, it was it was a banana smoothie. It's it a once-in-a-while drink? Yeah. Not a constant drink? Uh, dream patch fruited sour from Ami Yang. I did not enjoy too much. Um, Austin Brothers Jelly Jar. At first, I had quite a bit of flavor. I think my mouth, just because of how much I've had, yeah. kind of like died out. I didn't really palate cleanse. Um, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. Um, let's say I, I would I would try it again as one of my first, I guess. I, I did enjoy the parent dream sticker. I got that from Jim. That was that was good. Okay. Um, I liked the rock, which I always good. liked. The the Blake's was good as always, and the Deschutes non-alcoholic was awesome as as always. Mike, what do you think? I mean, the Evil Genius um, Trick or Treat was was that good? Like I said I wouldn't put it amongst my top five or so porters, but you know, top ten or fifteen that I've had in my lifetime, definitely. I mean, definitely in the top half, not in the top in the bottom half of what I've had in terms of porters. But pumpkin is, you know. More pumpkin than that one, like, I can't remember what cider we had gotten at the point that said it was supposedly pumpkin flavored and it was like pumpkin at all. And I want to say that was a Blake's that had like no pumpkin. And the, I mean, honestly, the uh, Latitude 42 tasted better after an Evil Genius trick or treat. Maybe it was because the other ones I had had before it previously had been sours and ciders. So maybe that had curbed the, uh, 
taste a little bit of, so it did taste more like what it's described as after a burger as opposed to like after a sour. Good deal. Nick, hit us. Like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your family. We appreciate you guys listening. Um, we talked about it in the beginning part of this podcast, right? Um, join us on Discord. Discord. Uh, sign up any, for our Patreon. Yeah, anything, any place that offers a podcast, we're yeah. going to be there, right? We are. Um, say everybody listening to us on Twitch, uh, we appreciate it. Give us reviews too. Reviews help. Yeah, say it boosts us up apparently. So, um, what do I review on? Everything. Everything. I mean, Mike did one on Podbean, but we need it on Apple Stitcher. and Stitcher yeah. and Google and Amazon. Everything. I'll, I'll review us on everything. Google and Amazon. I'll do it on Google and Amazon and other things like that. I, I don't have Apple stuff anymore. That's fine. It's all right. Every little bit counts. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back again next week. Um, we don't know what we're talking about. I mean, you realize you're getting zero stars for me, but yeah. Doesn't fine. matter. Say. Review it anyway. So <laughs> thanks again for joining. You've dialed in to Box and Brews. You might hear something you can use. Like tips on your cash or tips on the suds. You're going to want to use the smarts of these stuff. Because they know the brews. And they know the box. And they know they can't help the stubborn fucks. So listen up, because shit's not funny. And save yourself some beer money. Bucks. And brews. Bucks and brews. Bucks. And brews. Bucks and brews.